Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What is good, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving. Day after Thanksgiving to you. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. She's Michelle Majuk. It's the Gold Diggers podcast. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey, how was your first Thanksgiving? You're having a second Thanksgiving today, but yeah. are you really ready to eat all that again in the second oh, day in a row? A thousand percent, yes. So my in-laws come over today, so we don't have to go to two places on Thanksgiving. So we always do second Thanksgiving the day after. Bring it on. The turkey's already done. The mashed potatoes are being delivered. Oh, yeah, I love it. I don't know if I could do it a second day in a row. I mean, I went all out yesterday. I ate it all. It was a, a great time had the leftovers at night you know I, I i don't want leftovers the next day i want it to just be a one-day thing i can't do it again wow really but you know you got to make a turkey sandwich the next day that's the key Ugh, no. I, uh, i'm not big on the whole leftover turkey especially cold turkey disgusting all right if you say so um did you see the the uh people on the field eating the turkey last night after the game the players yes 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 you said people, which was Sorry. a weird way to say that. Uh, they are people. They are people. <laughs> they are, but you made it sound like fans came on the field and they were eaten. Did you see this? So this was a, a crazy thing that I didn't actually see until this morning. So the players are walking off the field with the turkey and Kittle and Debo start throwing the turkey into the crowd and somebody catches the turkey. If you're watching on the stream right now, you can see it and they eat it. So... First question, like throwing the turkey into the crowd. That's kind of a crazy move. Number two, if you catch that turkey, are you eating it? It wasn't already bitten out of. 
I don't know, but like you're telling me somebody caught that clean or did they have to pick it up off the floor? Yeah, if they caught it clean and it didn't touch the floor, I mean, it was, I mean, I'm sure Devo didn't have a chance to go wash his hands after the game. So what? his hands are probably pretty nasty, but for the moment, I mean, I'm not a germ phobic person. I don't know. So I guess maybe it would be kind of gross if there already were bites out of it, though. But also the guy that is eating it clearly had a mask on. So like he's concerned at some level with germs and cleanliness. And yet he is going at this thing like a T-Rex on a stegosaurus. That is kind of weird that he had the mask on. So clearly he was worried right. about getting sick. And he's not worried about the, the turkey getting him sick. I don't know. But hey, if someone threw a mimosa at me in the crowd, you better believe I'm drinking that. Oh, there you go. By the way, if you are wondering what that turkey tastes like, Christian McCaffrey talked about it after the game. Here's Christian. I mean, it was actually really good turkey, too. I have no idea how they kept all of the dishes were hot. Um, I was bummed I didn't get the sweet potato with the marshmallows. That I didn't. I don't know if they had the they had a fork, but then they, you know, we had to pick the turkey leg up. By that time, I was eating the turkey, but the turkey was really good, well cooked, wasn't dry at all, and like I said, still hot, which was impressive for being, you know, 20 minutes after the game. I don't know where they kept it, but it was good turkey. Well, there you go. If you ever wondered how the NBC turkey tastes, now we know. The Packers didn't get to eat it, right? Like Jordan, they didn't have it for them. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I think I saw that. I would be so mm. mad if I. But the whole team doesn't get a turkey leg, or just the few players they pick. Yeah, I guess the few. I mean, there was a huge group for the 49ers chowing down on the turkey after the game. I would want a turkey leg so bad. That would be my biggest motivation to do well <laughs> in that game. I'm like, I need a hundred receiving yard game just so I can get the turkey leg. Shout out to everybody in the chat. All our YouTube channel members like Cynthia. What's up? Happy Thanksgiving. If you want to become a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis. You get membership badges. You get priority comment response. So please do it. Also, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. If you leave a review, we will read it. Apologies for not seeing this one. Uh, I think Jason left it. He says, by far the best 49ers podcast I found. Rob is top notch and tends to find my ideal balance between optimism, excitement, and pragmatism. His level was raised even higher, though, by Levin and Michelle. Their chemistry is superb. Can't wait to listen to this group for a full, hopefully successful season. Yeah, let's go. Love it. All right. Let's get into the offense first, and then we can get into the defense, because it's going to be a little shorter show. Like I said, second Thanksgiving is currently going on above my head. So I do kind of want to get back to that. To me, this was all about two people, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. They touched the ball on 35 of the Niners, 65 total plays. And really, if you take out the last drive, it it's even better than that. It's about 60% of the plays, either Debo or CMC touched the ball. I mean, it's so weird how much better this offense looks with Debo on the field, because it's not like they're utilizing him all that much, right? Like I know in this game, he definitely, this was one of his best games of the year, but it is so much, it opens up the entire offense for everybody. And I don't know if it's just a coincidence that Brock Purdy had his three bad games and Debo and Trent Williams were out, but then they come back and he's fantastic again. But it truly feels like with Debo Samuel on the field and Trent Williams there, this team is pretty much unbeatable. I mean, and when you're looking at the other teams in the NFC, no one, I mean, I think the Cowboys are looking really good right now, but like no one looks like they can compete like the 49ers can when everyone's out there healthy. 
the Cowboys look great against bad teams, but they don't have a single victory over a team over 500 all year. And when I saw the Cowboys face the Niners, we all remember how that went. They didn't just lose. They got absolutely humiliated. So spare me with the Dallas Cowboy talk. I got to see it before I believe it. I will say Brandon Ayuk is still doing his every other game thing. Like I know he caught that (laughs) touchdown uh, last or yes, last night, but like where he only got four targets again, two receptions. So it's really yeah. every other game he's being used and has that big game. He was conspicuously absent. And I think it was because it was a Thursday game against a division opponent, short week. And I think Kyle was like, I'm getting it to the two guys that don't even need help, really. And when I say that, I just watched, rewatched the game. Christian McCaffrey's runs were. It was like two or three runs in the whole game where it was like blocked up and he really could get through kind of untouched. The rest of the runs are him just doing absurd, crazy things behind the line of scrimmage, cutting back, making himself skinny to get through a hole. Like he did so much of that on his own yesterday. That was one of the best games I've ever watched of him as a rusher. Like there was no stopping him last night. That, so... I just traded for Brock Purdy in fantasy and I know nobody cares, right? Oh boy. But now that I have Brock Purdy in my main league, I want some passing touchdowns from the 49ers. <laughs> I'm happy when they score no matter what, but that Christian McCaffrey run where he had no right to get into that end zone. Like there was five guys on him. He's dragging into this end zone. And I'm like, okay, he's definitely has to go down. He has to go down. I need a passing touchdown here. He gets in and I'm happy for the 49ers that they got in, but come on CMC. You don't have to hog all the touchdowns. If you're watching on the stream right now, you can see I took a screenshot of his touchdown run. And there is a scrum of like 20 people in the middle of the field. And he's at the back, all the way at the back. And normally when you see that, like, okay, he's starting off one direction. Everybody gets in a big group and the running back cuts back and goes out to the edge on the other side and runs it in. He didn't do that. He went up the middle through all the people and scored a touchdown. It's one of the most incredible touchdown runs I've ever seen. And that's not scheme. That's not blocking it up. That's just a Hall of Fame player making a Hall of Fame play. It's absurd what he did there. And you're right about the whole Hall of Fame player. Hold on. Let me find this note really quick. So McCaffrey and Randy Moss are the only two players in NFL history to score 16 plus touchdowns in a season with two different teams in their career. Wow. Pretty well. And there was a note. I think he's uh, trailing Randy Moss. All right. He, I, I don't know now after the game, but. Um, most touchdowns in his first like a 16 games with a new team, something like that. Only Randy Moss has more when he went to the Patriots. Other than that, it's Christian McCaffrey in a class of his own. He was absolutely phenomenal. And because there wasn't a lot of like blocked up running plays, there were a lot of plays where it was either like McCaffrey runs for 15 or it's no gain loss of yardage. There was not a lot of like four and five yard runs. It was a weird night. The Seahawks are pretty solid. I feel like they're a a solid defense overall, especially against the run. But like I said, the Seahawks are a joke. Like they're not serious. (laughs) They might make the playoffs this year because there's no good NFC teams, uh, right? Like when you're looking at the teams on the bubble, it's the Packers. Sure, they look good yesterday, whatever. The Rams, the Falcons, the Buccaneers, the Commanders. Like the Commanders are still in the playoff race and they're four and eight. That is how bad the NFC, the bottom of the NFC is. And Seahawks, as soon as they have to face a good team, they just get murdered. They're the Steelers of the NFC. The Cowboys. The Cowboys, well, if it's good teams, they lose. 
The Cowboys are actually good, though. The Dolphins, when they face good teams, oh, they yeah. lose. There's a lot of those. But, like, the Seahawks up. never show that kind of upside that True. the Cowboys and the Dolphins do. So you could say the Cowboys and the Dolphins are the same team in different okay. conferences. But the Seahawks are just a, a team that can win close games against bad teams, right? Or mediocre teams. But against good teams, they're true stripes show and they're just they're not a good team they're fine and they, they were unraveling last night there was a point where gino and dk were not in each other's face because they weren't like yelling at each other but they were having a very intense conversation on the sidelines dk metcalf got absolutely locked up by charvarius ward and we could, so we good could last night. flip over to the defense as brisby life watching on twitch says nothing like waking up from a combined turkey slash victory coma the day after thanksgiving shout out to you and everybody on twitch Love the Twitch crowd, and I like that they don't like Levin, and that makes it even cooler, in my opinion. I will say uh, these Thanksgiving night games, kind of hard, you know? I'm tired. I am full. (laughs) I did take a nap during the Cowboys game. It was shocking. I went to – I took a nap uh, at halftime. The game was pretty close. I woke up, and the Cowboys were destroying the commanders. I was like, I don't know what I just missed, but clearly I didn't miss anything important. But it was a struggle to be awake during the whole night game. I am, I was full and I was tired. I was up till three last night. And uh, yeah, let's just say it's tough. But you know what? It's easier to do after a victory. I'll tell you that. Uh, Brother Bob says, Michelle and Levin make the show good. Stats is just okay. That's never, that is an accurate statement. Let's just say that. Um, he did okay. add in, LOL, just kidding. I don't okay. see that part. Um, let's get to the defense because you have been down on Mooney Ward a little bit. He was awesome last night, making one-on-one plays against DK Metcalf deep down the field. He actually dropped an interception that he could have had at one point. It was maybe the best game I've ever seen Mooney Ward play. It felt like he was just getting his hand on the ball any single time, but at the perfect moment and played it without any, you know, penalties or, you know, having to hold on to guys at all. Like he, he had a great game. I have been down on him, but it's rightfully so. I mean, he was looking like teams were bullying up on him, targeting him and he was losing a lot and he showed up last night. I mean, there's really nothing else to say there. He did what he's supposed to do, but he looked really, really good. And if you get that kind of play out of it moving forward, this defense is going to be, so that's what they need. Then I do think getting Isaiah Oliver out of there has been huge for the secondary overall. Yes, Ambry Thomas had an interception last night. He Shout did. out to Ambry Thomas. It was a little frustrating. If there's one little critique of the Niners that you could say the last couple of weeks, they have not cashed in on the turnovers that they have gotten. They cashed in on two of the four, I think, against the Bucks, And I don't think they cashed in on either one of the ones last night off the top of my head, which is frustrating because that's why there's these couple drives in each of the last two weeks where you're a little nervous about maybe the other team getting back in the game. It's because the Niners weren't able to capitalize on those turnovers, but credit to the defense because just like last week, the closest this game was, was two scores. I know we were nervous for a little bit, but it was a two score game when we were nervous. And that says a lot about where they were. Yeah. And like, the Brock Purdy hate, man. Every quarterback has a couple bad plays and nearly every game. Like they want him to be perfect or they're going to crap on him. And that that's really it. Like I thought he had a great game besides pick six. So that was literally it. That was a bad play. That's an unfortunate bad play, right? Right near the goal line where they pick it off. But I mean, the dude, it, Brock Purdy is 
destroying the league in passer rating. Like no one's even close to him. He's averaging a stupid 9.4 yards per pass attempt this, this year, by far the most. He has seven games with zero interceptions this season, tied for the most in the NFL with guys with 20 plus pass attempts in a game and zero interceptions. Five games with two passing touchdowns and zero interceptions, tied for the most in the NFL. What else do you want? And yes, I'm talking to you, Grant Cohn. I don't even know if I said his last name right because I don't care. Like, oh my goodness, I 49 some 49ers people they just want Brock Purdy to be absolute perfection when nobody in this league is not even Patrick Mahomes. I didn't think Brock was at the level that he had been in the two games previous, like the Jacksonville and Tampa games. Brock was, I mean, he was perfection, so yeah, he's not going to be perfection every week. (laughs) Like 21 completions for 209 yards is, is you know. Not I not great. The pick six was not great, but when they needed it, he drove down at the end of the game and he makes the throw to Brandon Ayuk, which was beautiful. After the game, Ayuk said, that's what we call a dot. And he was a hundred percent right because Purdy puts it right in the middle of four Seahawks defenders and Ayuk's able to catch it and get the touchdown to put the game away. And then they also had three rushing touchdowns. I mean, is that not Brock Purdy bringing down the team? And, you know, it, it, does he get no part of that? It's just like, oh, they had a rushing touchdown, so Brock Purdy sucked. Like, that's just so weird to me. Like, it just happened to be that. But then also, uh, man, I just had a thought in my mind. Oh, no, it just erased. Yeah, that happens all the time. Levin totally lost the thread in the middle of a thought last night, so don't feel bad. If you're watching on the stream, you can see the, the picture I tweeted this morning of IU catching the ball right in the middle of four Seahawks defenders in their stupid lime green highlighter uniforms. By oh, the way. God, those are brutal. Oh, I was going to say, and this was in a game that's a divisional road game against their toughest divisional opponent. Like, this is never an easy game for any quarterback to go into their division rivals stadium, especially, I mean, that's a loud stadium, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Seahawks are known to be one of the loudest. It's a tough place to play for anybody, let alone a division opponent where, I mean, they really did. They wanted to beat the 49ers so bad, right? Like that defense was so eager to be so good. They just couldn't do anything to stop them. It's just so silly to me, the, the amount of pressure and crap that Brock Purdy gets when he's been nothing but amazing this year. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Tom legendary watching on Twitch says if Mahomes made the shovel pass to Kelsey, that Purdy made the entire national media would faint. I actually didn't like that. Cause I thought it was risky. Um, cause he had done that a couple of times where he tried to avoid a sack by throwing the ball away at the last second and got intentional grounding penalties. But Levin pointed out like it was different. Cause Kittle was wide 
open there, like all alone. So it wasn't as risky as maybe I thought initially, but I did get them out of a sack. And you're right. I think Mahomes would have gotten, you know, the gushy, gushy love from all the yeah. announcers. Oh, a hundred percent. That would have been shown everywhere. Like, wow, this guy's just impossible to sack. Like, <laughs> and that was a great play. I mean, that did save a sack that did. I mean, it kept them in field goal range as well. I don't remember if they ended up scoring on that drive or not. I can't but... remember off the top of my head. Uh, by the way, I need to end a, a quick controversy. Jason says, stats, did you sleep in that vest? We have the be- proof we have the best audience in the world, Michelle, because Bay Marin chimed in. That's a different vest. You're 100% Bay Marin. This is a different vest. It's a different color. It doesn't look like it on the stream, but it is a different vest. So, no, I did not sleep in it, all right? This is fancy stats because, again, second Thanksgiving is happening. Is that what you go to when you have to wear fancy stuff is you put a vest on? Usually not, but... It's a fall, so I go to... But also, what is your family doing? Who dresses up for Thanksgiving? You got to wear your comfiest clothes when you're eating. No, I love to dress up. So I take any excuse to dress up for... I love it. So I'm a bit of a fancy I like to wear yoga pants and sweatshirts. Yoga pants? Well, that doesn't really work for me, does it? I can't throw (laughs) on yoga pants. Uh, I wear yoga pants pretty much 99% of my life. (laughs) Are you wearing pants right now? Just pants I'm wearing yoga pants. (laughs) Okay. John Bean says, Michelle, don't you think Rob should embrace the Woody look? Also, Seattle Sports Radio already making excuses. Defense didn't play badly. So I had a plaid shirt on last night, and Wo- and Levin says I look like Woody when I wear that Woody from Toy Story. Mm-hmm. And last night, Levin said I need to, quote, embrace the Woody. So that Get a hat. Thing. Wear, wear a country hat next week. Embrace yeah, there it. you go. Yeah, I like um, it. I will say, I don't know how Seattle Sports Radio could ever say that the defense didn't play badly i mean they played terribly badly everyone was just wide open especially i'll say in the first half right maybe in the second half they pick it up a bit but i mean they weren't covering anybody at all the first drive of the game looked easy for the 49ers they flew down the field on the first drive of the game and stuffed it into the end zone i love that little that the touchdown play to debo where they had mccaffrey in the backfield too and purdy was a run threat like i i've said this a lot but like this is the offense that we thought we were going to see with Trey Lance, right? A quarterback that could threaten the defense enough with his legs to allow for some creative red zone plays and really help open up the offense. And we saw it on that play because Purdy hands the ball to Debo and the defenders are so slow to react that Debo strolls in untouched for the touchdown. Literally untouched. And again, I have Brock Purdy as my fantasy quarterback. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I needed some passing touchdowns, but I mean, obviously I don't know how the defense wasn't prepared for it because you see Debo in the back and you're like, well, obviously they're going to hand this ball to Debo. I mean, if I, I, sometimes I think that's just so funny is that when we're, you know, us fans are sitting there watching a game and you know exactly what's going to happen. And you're like, did they really not know? Like, and it really seemed like there's no way they could have known that he was going to touch it. Cause it's not that they just couldn't stop him. Right. That'd be one thing. You can't just stop everything. If you, even if you know it's happening, they just weren't even caring if he was going to touch it. They just let him stroll into the end zone. It was the easiest touchdown Debo Samuel has ever had, except for that one Trey Lance play that you continually like to bring up on that, <laughs> that long blown coverage. Uh, Brisby life says, I now imagine stats has a closet full of these vests in different colors that he wears for various occasions. His go-to dress up. <laughs> I may or may not have three of them. I'm just, you know, I, I could either confirm nor deny that situation. You know who else we got to give credit to Michelle. I don't know if you remember this, but I'm doing it. Your boy, Juwan Jennings, who on a third and seven catches the ball four yards short 
of the six. And if you're watching on the stream right now, I have the still photo up. There are three Seahawks trying to tackle him. And he breaks all of their tackles multiple times and gets the first down on that drive where they eventually scored a touchdown. No, yeah, that was, I remember that play. It was very impressive. I knew people were going to bring it up immediately. I was like, oh, Juwan Jennings made a good play. I'm going to hear about it. I will say what's so funny is this play came after uh, that target in the end zone where I feel like just an average wide receiver would at least make a play on the ball to be able to somewhat try to catch it. And I never seen someone try less in my life or like not have the, not, I don't, I think if he could do it, he would, but have so little athleticism to be able to even try to make a catch in the end zone that was slightly thrown further. So I was hating on him at that moment, but this came pretty shortly after maybe the next drive. And I was like, okay, that was pretty amazing. So to be clear in the section of the show where you were supposed to give Jawan Jennings his flowers for an incredible play, you spent three quarters of your answer talking about how his pathetic attempt in the end zone and how even an average wide receiver would have done better. Yeah. I mean, he has his strengths, right? You want to be, I mean, blocking a eh? right being tough. He is tough and he is because you can see it in this play. And that's, I mean, that was a huge play in the game and I love to see it. I really did. I don't love that. Oh, actually, I kind of do love the hate on Juwan Jennings. But yeah, you do. <laughs> but I also get happy when he makes a good play like that because the 49ers are moving the ball. But yeah, that I think the play where he gets targeted in the end zone just shows you exactly what type of wide receiver Juwan Jennings is. Shades by Chardal says the Injigba catch was the play of the game. That was a beautiful one-handed catch by Jackson. Oh, it was, yeah. Like, 10 out of 10 stars, beautiful catch. But like, that's the type of plays that the Seahawks needed on offense to do anything with the football. I mean, the first field goal they got came because of the Niners poor kickoff coverage where they allowed a 66 yard return. They did nothing with the ball after that, but they were in field goal range. So they were able to kick a field goal. I mean, they needed those kind of freak fluky big plays to even do anything because otherwise the defense dominated them. Yeah, and I actually, this might be a good thing. I didn't notice Jair Brown in this game, but that's not a bad thing when it comes to safety. It's like, if you're not making like interceptions, right? You don't really want your name called. You don't want to be noticed because that means you're giving up huge plays. I didn't notice him. Did he have a good game? I mean, he must have, right? It seems like everyone did, but Jair Brown clearly wasn't being bullied, which is is a huge accomplishment in his first NFL start. There was one play where he was sort of one-on-one with the running back in the flat and he missed the tackle uh, and gave up like a five or six yard play. But other than that, you're right. He did absolutely what he needed to do. And that's great. And somebody on this show was super excited about Jair Brown after he was drafted. And somebody else on this show may have laughed at that person and said, he's a third round pick. What are you being so excited about? I I can't remember totally if that's what happened. Let's relax. He didn't. Like you said, it was one start and he didn't make any mistakes. We're just saying I'm giving him props or not. And I never said he was going to be bad. I just said he's a third round rookie. There's nothing to be this excited about. And you were like acting like they just drafted the next Hall of Fame safety out there. I saw him last week. He had three pass breakups and an interception in the end zone in like 10 minutes of actual action. And then yesterday on a short week in Seattle, very difficult place to play. He did a damn fine job. How I dare hope you're right, How Stats. I hope you. you're right, Stats. I hope he comes the next Hall of Fame safety. I'm thankful for Jair Brown. I'll say that. Uh, the other thing on the defense I wanted to point out, Nick Bosa starting to get it together. 18 pressures the last four weeks. 
five sacks since the bye week. And I want to give my friend Bob a little credit because when it, the bye week happened, I said, oh, Nick Bosa is staying in San Francisco to help educate Chase Young and get him up to speed. And my friend Bob messaged me and was like, no, dude, he's staying in San Francisco to get his own stuff together because he hasn't been good this year. And since then, five sacks since the bye, a forced fumble, a fumble recovered, a pass breakup, three tackles for loss, and 10 quarterback hits for Nick Bosa. Well, I mean, do you think it can't be just a coincidence? That's when Chase Young showed up to town, right? Now that they have someone playing with him, that defense or that offensive lines have to respect and, you know, they can't just say, oh, we we don't have to worry about anyone else on the line besides Nick Bosa. It's like, oh, shoot. Now they also have a really good talent over here as well. We have to focus on both of these guys and shockingly. But also, it's not that shocking, right? Because he was getting the pressures. And sooner or later, you knew the pressures were going to turn into sacks. Like, you can't just be that unlucky unless you're not athletic enough to get there fast enough. We know Nick Bosa is, right? That's not his issue. And we just needed the secondary to not be so incredibly bad right from the get-go, where the teams could just pass so quickly on them. And it does seem like they changed that up a little bit as well, where the, the secondary is looking better. So we knew the sacks were going to come. And Chase Young clearly has is, is helped out there a bit for him as, too. But, yeah, it's nice to see Nick Bosa finally coming down with these sacks. And if he can keep doing that the rest of this year, he's going to have to do it in this Eagles game. They're going to have to put a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts. It's, this whole week is going to be a lot of fun to just uh, discuss the Eagles matchup yeah. and uh, get all stressed out about that game. <laughs> Well, there would be time for that. I'm still in the honeymoon phase. Uh, Helena Mar uh, Manrique says, how about proof Christian McCaffrey's a cyborg with the pick when they were tightening the screws in his helmet? I mean, in his head, I mean helmet. Uh, that was a crazy thing that I have never seen before. If you're watching on the stream right now, you can see they literally are on both sides of his helmet at the same time, screwing something in because his chin strap got messed up and he they had to switch helmets. So they had to make sure it was fitting properly. Yeah, that was a pretty well. And then his elbow was gnarly. The guy is like, he might be a cyborg, literally. It's entirely possible. I just didn't answer what you said. I know. I, mean, I, mean, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have anything else to go with the subject, and you, you stopped again. <laughs> yeah. that rarely, that's like a rare occurrence for us. That almost never happens, I swear to God. Um, McCaffrey was good. Bosa was good. Ward was good. I feel like we've, we've touched on everything. I just, I think that also they've really mitigated the three game losing streak now because now they've had the three game winning streak and they're in a position, Michelle, to where if the Eagles lose against the bills on Sunday, Niners could be potentially the number one seed if they beat Philly next week. So like think of where we were, you know, after that three game losing streak, oh my God, you know, the sky is falling. Now they just got to worry about the division. And now we're sitting here with a legit chance at the number one seed again. Yeah. And I think like just looking at the NFC overall, it's kind of turning out exactly like we thought to start this year. Like there's two good teams <laughs> and then kind of Dallas sitting there. Right. But you're not too worried about them. Like they're going to look good. But once they get into the playoffs, they normally always just fall short, mm -hmm. but I mean, the Lions the last two games, I know they ended up beating the bears there, but it took them, I mean, to come back for what 12 points in the last four minutes. And then they got smoked yesterday against the Packers. It was never a close game. So I don't know what's happening to them lately. Cause I, I did think they were looking like a really good team. What'd you say? 
Goff keeps turning it over for all this talk about every, you know, Brock Purdy turned back into a pumpkin anytime he struggles. Jared Goff has been hideously bad the last two weeks at giving the football away. Good. And now this is the thing I have to check and see because I don't know off the top of my head. So right now, the Niners need the Eagles, obviously, to lose against the Bills. But let's just say that that happens, right? And let's say the Niners beat the Eagles next week. They would have the same record. Both teams would be 9-3. and three. Niners would have the tiebreaker over the Eagles. The Niners also have the tiebreaker over the Cowboys, who right now are 8-3. and three. So even if the Cowboys won next week, the Niners would be ahead of them for the top seed. But what if the Lions are 9-3? and three? And the Niners are nine and three. That's the only thing I haven't looked at. If it goes by conference record, the Niners would be ahead yep. because they'd be and that's seven. That's what it would go by. Okay. So then they, yeah. So if the, if the Eagles lose this week and the Niners beat them next week, the Niners will be the number one seed, regardless of what anybody else does. Yeah. And I'll say like this Eagles game is going to be so important. Hey, obviously if they lose to the bills, like huge, but they, the Eagles get the Bills, the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. They, again, I don't count the Seahawks as an actual good team. So Bills, <laughs> 49ers, Cowboys in the next three weeks. If they could lose two of those games, and one of them being the 49ers, that would just be – I mean, I think the 49ers get, are in a great spot to get the one seed at that point. But I will say this is such a huge little run here, This these three games uh, – length here because at the end they get the giants the cardinals and the giants so there's no hope for them to lose at the end of the year and even with the seahawks i'll throw them in the seahawks giants cardinals giants really easy end of schedule so they if they end up winning two of these next three games i think they probably have it locked up oh come on this game next week is going to be so intense you think in the niners came out you know intense last night Wait to see what it's going to be like in Philly. The Eagle fans are going to be nuts. It means a lot to both teams because the Niners want to prove, hey, we would have beat you last year and we would have gone to the Super Bowl. And the Eagles want to prove, hell no, you wouldn't have. And we're tired of you using that as an excuse. Plus, if the Eagles are coming off a loss to the Bills, they're going to be like, well, wait, now all of a sudden we're in a race for the division. We're in a race for the number one seat. So it's going to be the atmosphere there. It's going to be like a playoff game. And I can't wait. What are right now? We are now more than a week away, right? How, what are your feelings on this game? What are the chances? Give me a probability that the 49ers win this game. Here's the part that scares me. The Niners and the Eagles are almost like mirror images of one another. The Niners usually come out and play their best early in the game or early in the second half. And then sometimes they have lulls, whereas the Eagles have lulls basically throughout most of the game and then play their best in the fourth quarter when they're behind or when it's tight. So they're kind of like the opposite of the 49ers. So even if the Niners happen to get up in this game, they're not going to be able to just snowball Philly like they do other teams because Philly does not care. They don't panic. They don't freak out. They they're thrive in those situations. So it's they're not going to the Niners are not going to be able to do like their sort of normal game script. So that scares me a little bit. But Oh man, I it's a it's a truly a pick'em game for me. It Just, is, and I think if we can get a Traverius Ward game like he played last night, yep, and AJ. he can shut down AJ Brown, it's going. It, it, I think they got him right. But also the 49ers defense is just so much better than the Eagles this year. The Eagles pass defense is the worst in the league. I mean, it, it really is right now in almost all metrics. So 
you should be able to throw and score points up on this Eagles defense. I do think the Eagles are worse overall this year than they were last year. Yes, for sure. I think that's accurate. I think Jalen Hurts is not playing. He, he, I mean, he was at an MVP level last year until he got hurt. Um, he's not. His at- metrics are identical through ten games. Absolutely really? identical. Yep. From every single stat, it's insane how identical they are. But the he's turning the ball like, over more, isn't he? What'd you say? Is he turning the ball over more than he was last year? Maybe. Maybe that's the one difference. I will say, because I, I did all his passing stats. I just had to write the game. And through 10 games, it's literally identical. But maybe the turnovers were different. I will say that's the one difference between these, te- these two teams, right? The 49ers have the best turnover margin in the league. They're tied with the Steelers, which is hilarious. But plus 11. <laughs> And the Eagles are at minus one turnover margin this year. Hmm. So that's what that can be the difference of this game, the turnovers. And if the 49ers can handle themselves, not turn over the ball, I do think they win this game. It will be close. It's like you said, it's pretty much a pick them. But if they don't turn over the ball, they should win this game. Chris Romo says game by game is what our Niners need to remember because nothing is guaranteed, but don't get me wrong. The Eagles is our only obstacle in my eyes. It's nice that we're on Eagles week now. So it's not like, Oh, we can't look ahead to the Eagles. Yes, we can. Cause yeah. they're up next. Um, by the way, uh, just, I looked quick Jalen hurts last year, 22 touchdowns, passing six picks this year, 15 touchdowns through 10 games, nine interceptions. So he is turning the ball over at a higher rate than he did last year, which obviously is good for the 49ers. Um, but it's going to be a tough task for sure. But his pass yards per attempt, his completion percentage, like everywhere you look at his yards per game, both like pass and rush identical to last year. It's just the, yeah, a, a couple more interceptions this year. But you know what? Sometimes that's the difference as we have seen. So go damn Niners bring it. I'm going to be watching that game. I'm going to be such a bills fan. Josh Allen. I need you to put on the Superman cape and I need you to do it all. I don't care if there's pass rushers. This is not the game for the four turnovers, Josh. Knock that. It thinks that it's not in Buffalo because the Bills play so much better in Buffalo. Bills are going to be desperate, though, because their season is swirling the drain. So they should be a desperate team, which hopefully is good, although that could lead to crazy Josh Allen plays. Who knows? But go Bills this weekend. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Niners get the win. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Michelle, thank you so much for doing this show today, day after a holiday. I really, really appreciate you. And thank you for being an awesome person and friend and coworker. I'm so grateful to you. I'm so grateful to you as well. And I'm very thankful for the Steelers uh, letting go of Matt Canada. I'm (laughs) thankful for this week. (laughs) All right. I like that you snuck that in there. I was gleefully texting you when the news came down because I knew you were happy about that. And thanks to everybody in the channel, all our YouTube channel members. Thank you for watching and from watching the Instant Reaction Show, which if you missed it, by the way, it's there. You can download the pod or watch the video of that as well. Uh, Vish and I will be live on Monday, breaking down the game as we always do. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend, everybody. We'll talk next week. Bye, y'all. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.